This week, we are in chapter 8 of Matthew, verses 1 through 17. Would you stand with me out of respect for the reading of God's Word? When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy that you come under my roof but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one In Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness in a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. This is the word of God for God's people. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can learn from it. That it shows us not only what happened in ancient times, but shows us who we are today. So we confess we need to hear from you, Spirit, today to illuminate this text for us. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can even ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus had come off a time of teaching and preaching on the mount. We went through it. It was called the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, he touched on the Beatitudes and told us how to be salt and light. He talks about anger and murder. He talks about lust and adultery. 
divorce and remarriage, oaths, vengeance, eye for an eye, giving to the needy. He told us how to pray. He tells us where to keep our treasures. He told us not to worry. He told us to not judge hypocritically. He told us to ask, seek, and knock. Talked about a narrow gate. False prophets, a wise builder. He preached his heart out. And Jesus is very tired. And people marvel at what he said. And in Matthew 7, 28, it says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. You see, he taught differently than the teachers of that day. And we went through those here in the last few months. Jesus taught with authority. And the message today is titled, When Faith Meets Authority. Jesus had said a lot of things that, re- that turned the religious day kind of on their heads. The, the religiosity of the day. He, he got to the heart of really what was happening. He said, if you lust after a woman, you are committing adultery with her in your heart. If you hate your brother, you are murdering him. Now, we would say the prison term would not dictate that. But Jesus was getting to the root of the sins of that generation. He was getting to the heart of the religious. You see, the Jews had many rabbis and many teachers. And they would read from the scriptures. But Jesus was different. He had an authority about him. And people were astounded. Did he think he was God the way he taught? Did he really think he had that authority? Sadly, most were not convinced of who he was. But there were some that knew he was different. Jesus was different. He taught with authority. That was different. He taught as if maybe he was God. Come in the flesh. And so we come to Matthew 8, and we've got three stories that we're going to hit today. We've got a leper who was cleansed. We've got a centurion, a Roman centurion nonetheless, who has a servant who is healed. And we have Peter's mother-in-law. I have a wonderful mother-in-law, and if she was sick, I'd want her healed. How about you? Mother-in-law's had bad reps. But story one. There was a man who had leprosy. Now, Leprosy in the Bible could have been a lot of different things. They say today leprosy is called Hansen's disease. But skin ailments of that day were contagious as they are some today. 
and they quarantined lepers of that day. If they were to go somewhere, they had to yell, unclean, unclean, as they walked down the sidewalk, as many of you probably did if you got COVID or you stayed at home. But this man somehow got to Jesus, and he was unclean. And it might have been easier getting to Jesus because nobody wanted what he had. They might have parted like the Red Sea parted and let him come through. But he comes to Jesus and comes face to face with Jesus. And I can only imagine he was listening to the Sermon on the Mount and understood this man is different. He seems to have authority. And he comes to him face to face and in a posture of humility kneels before Jesus and calls him Lord. That was not a title that you just threw around. That was a title that held authority. This man knows that he has a natural disease. But he also knows Jesus can do something that is supernatural and heal him. Jesus reaches out his hands and heals this leper. You see, Jesus had done some miracles, and I'm sure it had got out. He was at a wedding. What did Jesus do at that wedding that we all wish could happen in our home this, today? He turned water to wine. We would be millionaires if we could do that. Napa Valley would be dry. He turned water to wine. And he had cast out some demons before this. And so there was a precedence in authority that had been set. This man knew if he could get to Jesus, he was going to ask him a question. He says, Lord, if you will, will you make me clean? If you will. No presumption. There was hope. There was faith. And he knew Jesus had the authority. And he was convinced that Jesus could do what Jesus did. It reminds me of the passage that was preached a few weeks ago in Matthew 7. It says, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be open. Or if which one of you, if he has a son, asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? This man, I believe, had heard Jesus teaching on the mount. And he said, I could be that man. I will ask, I will seek, I will knock because I know this man has authority to heal. He not only heard the words of Jesus, he listened to the words of Jesus and went out and did what Jesus said and asked for a miracle to happen. Are you listening to the words of Jesus today? Are you asking for a miracle in your life to happen? 
that when it happens, you know Jesus did it. There are many of us that need healing. There are pastors today that say, just have the faith and you will be healed. It's not the faith that heals you. It's the object of the faith that heals you. It's Jesus Christ that can heal you. But you have to come in faith. How many times in your life do you lack faith that Jesus can perform a miracle? The first step to restoration or healing is faith. But that only propels us to the one who has authority. and That is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. The leper could have said, I'm just a lowly leper. I'm on the edge of town. Nobody cares about me. Why would this man with authority care about me? But he didn't. He listened to Jesus and came to him. Do you believe Jesus has authority to change your life? Do you believe that Jesus has the authority to change your life? Whatever you're going through, whatever your struggle, do you have the faith knowing that He has the authority? Too many times we try to manipulate the situation. Too many times we try to solve the situation. Yeah, this guy could have went to the guy and got some cream and soaked himself in it. But he came to the healer because he had faith that Jesus was different than any other rabbi. Do you pray for healing in your life? Or do you live with your depression and anxiety? Do you live with that which holds you down? Or do you pray to the God who can heal. Jesus heals him. Do what God commands you to do. Ask, seek, and knock. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Ask, he says. Seek and knock. He is a good father. So Jesus heals this leper. We come to the second story. Jesus had been preaching. This leper comes up to him. He heals him. Now we come, and Jesus finally gets to his city. It's Capernaum. That's where he lives. And another guy comes to him. And I can only imagine Jesus being tired. But this was somebody different. This was a Roman centurion. Jesus was a Jew. Now if you know anything about those times, the Romans were really not good to the Jews. Matter of fact, the Romans were the oppressors of the day to the Jewish people. And that is why the Jews were looking for a Messiah to keep them, to lift them up from the Roman oppression. But here is the oppressor coming to the Jew. This Roman comes to him and says, I have a servant who is paralyzed. I have a servant who is paralyzed. Will you heal him? 
He obviously knew Jesus had authority. Now, this was a man of authority. Matter of fact, he ruled Capernaum. He had a hundred soldiers underneath him that was at his beck and call. He even states, when I tell one to go, he goes. When I tell one to come, he comes. When I tell one to do this, he does it. This man held authority in Capernaum. But he knew his authority only went so far that Jesus held the real authority. And so here he is asking a favor of someone that his people were oppressing. And I can only imagine what that was like. This man obviously had love for his servant. And I don't think it was the love that maybe the servant wasn't doing him any good because he was paralyzed. I seems to be this was a genuine love for this man that was paralyzed. It's interesting to me that Jesus didn't talk to this Roman centurion about his privilege, renounce his Romanness, lecture him about how society really should work. He actually sees this Roman This oppressor's faith and deals with what that faith was. He says, I'm going to come to your house today. I'm going to come to your house and heal your servant. Now, back in those days, Jews did not go into Romans' houses. Why? Romans were unclean. And they did not dare step foot in those homes. But Jesus said, I'm coming to your house today. This man knew that he was unclean to Jesus. But was he unclean to Jesus? This is what he says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. This man knew, even though he was the one in control of Capernaum, he was the authority in Capernaum, that his authority only went so far. That Jesus was the one with real authority. He could make his servant well. Too many times we get stuck on earthly authority and forget about who's really in charge. God of very gods, the God who created this universe is really in charge. Matter of fact, listen to Romans 13.1. Let every one of you be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. God is even in control of what happens here in the United States. 
What happens in Russia? What happens in the Ukraine? What happens in every country? Does that mean every authority does right? No. But God is the ultimate one in control of all things at all times. And that's why we can live having faith in His authority. Ultimately, all authority will answer to God. Those He instituted that are not doing right. You see, our culture today wants to do away with authority. We want autonomy. We want our own authority. We want to be the authority. And ultimately, we don't want God to be our authority. Well, if we believe He is a creator and He created all things, He is the one that has the authority. And we do this in a, a myriad of ways. Starting from the beginning, God made male and female. And we want to look at that and say, no. We can be whatever we want to be in this day and age. We are the ultimate authority. My body, my choice. But do we really have a choice? No, we are rebellious people. God tells us who we are and what we should be. Our authority only reaches so far. You see, this centurion knew he had some authority in Capernaum, but he was not the ultimate authority. God was the ultimate authority, and that God was Jesus in the flesh. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel had I found such faith, I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. Into that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What is Jesus saying here? He is saying this Gentile, this Roman, this oppressor has greater faith than the Jewish people those who are actually a part of the kingdom, but are really not part of the kingdom. This man has displayed a faith that you don't have. Can you imagine Jesus telling all of these Jews that? Crazy. This is a guy who is oppressing his people, and he says, you've got greater faith. that these people, the Jews, God's chosen people, reject Jesus not that far after this and crucify Him, lay Him on a cross because they thought He was actually going to save them from the Romans. And He said, no, my kingdom is about the kingdom of heaven. The problem is the Jews had no faith that Jesus had authority. They were stuck in their tradition, in their formalities, and unfortunately, they felt they needed a Savior, but not from God. They needed a Savior from the Romans. They really needed Jesus as their Savior. 
because they needed him to pay for their sins. And now sin was oppressing them. The centurion's servant was healed. Goes on to say, and the centurion, and to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done to you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. We've seen a leper come to Jesus, kneel before Jesus, call him Lord and be cleansed. Now we see a Roman centurion come before Jesus asking for his servant to be healed. You see, both of these people had faith, but it wasn't the faith that healed. It was the, it was the faith that propelled them to the ultimate authority that could heal. Jesus finally gets to his destination. And when he entered Peter's house, he saw a mother-in-law of Peter lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast them out with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, he took our illness and bore our diseases. Story number three. Jesus gets to his destination in Capernaum. He had just healed the leper. He had just healed the centurion's servant. And he sees Peter's mother-in-law laying there sick. He touches her and heals her. and She begins to serve. Many other people heard about this and they came and brought people that were had demons in them, and he cast those spirits out. They brought other sick people, and he, he healed them. I'm sure Jesus was very, very tired by this point. That's a long day. A very long day. But people saw the authority that Jesus had and had faith to come to him. And Jesus was about that. Do you realize in Mark 2, verse 17, Jesus says this, And when Jesus heard it, He said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but to sinners. Jesus came for those people. That's why He was on earth, was for those sick people. If they were well, they didn't need Him. And it's the same way today. We are all sick in some form or fashion. Whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be spiritual, we all are sick. Our greatest oppressor is sin. And we need to be healed from that because the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. Jesus came and paid for those wages. Do you have faith in this Jesus who had all authority? You see, Jesus tells us in this passage with the centurion, the people who do not see my authority, have no faith in me, they will be cast into outer darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What is that 
me. They are outside of Christ and His goodness. They will be judged for them and they will be cast into a lake of fire. Who are you today? What do you need today? Do you need healing? Are you overcome with sin? Are you one that needs healing from depression or anxiety? Do you need a touch from Jesus? Because you don't trust what He says is good. So you seek validation outside of your marriage. There's all kinds of ways that we need healing from. Do you recognize Jesus and kneel before Him and call Him Lord? He has all authority. And He can see the natural because He is supernatural and heal the natural. You see, at the end of this passage, verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and bore our disease. I want healing for you today. But sometimes God, in His will, doesn't grant us healing. And maybe it's not because you have lack of faith. But we look at Paul's life and he had a thorn in his side and he had to deal with it. But I do know there is coming a day that everything will be healed. God will wipe away every tear from our eye. And that is a beautiful time because Jesus died on the cross. We know these things to be true. That we will be healed if not in this life, in the afterlife. And that is a great hope. But God is willing to do some healing even in this life. Are you asking for that healing? Are you knocking on heaven's door for that healing? Because it could come if Jesus is willing. But too many times we're not asking. We're not seeking. We're not knocking. We all are in need of spiritual healing. We all need physical healing. Are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? What are you asking God for today? Is it anything? Or have you forgot about God? He is ready and able to hear you. He is waiting on you to come to Him in faith. Maybe you have a loved one that needs a healing. Are you praying for others around you? Are you coming to Jesus for your neighbor? Are you coming to Jesus for your family? Are you coming to Jesus for other people? You see, it's not just about you sometimes. Like the centurion did, he came for someone else in faith believing Jesus could do it. And I almost would guarantee you that servant might not have even known he came to Jesus. But he knew the effect of what Jesus had when that Roman centurion came to him. Are you going to Jesus on behalf of others? Too many times we are inward focused and not looking for a healing or a restoration for someone else. Jesus is waiting for you to 
bow your knee, to come to Him, knowing that He has the authority of life and death in His hands, and He can heal. You see, the, the people in this story had faith, and that is real, and that is beautiful. But the beautiful part of it is that faith only propelled them to the object of their faith, the authority of their faith. You see, we are propelled to where we have faith. If you don't believe Jesus can do it, you will start manipulating. If you don't believe Jesus can do it, you will take things into your own hands. What do you have faith in today? We all have faith in something, and typically it's in ourselves, which doesn't work out too well, because we are weak, and we need healing. Matthew 28 says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Some people have said we have authority. Our authority only goes so far. This passage clearly tells us all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. Jesus is the one who has authority. Now, he does give us a job to do in His authority, and that's to proclaim the gospel to the world, to make disciples in the world. The authority to baptize in His name, the authority to teach His commandments, and to exercise those authorities is a beautiful thing. But to think you have authority in and of yourselves is wrong. But did not Jesus say greater works that you will do? Should we be casting out demons? Should we be walking on water? Should we be feeding thousands? Should we be raising the dead? And there's people out there that would say yes. There's a whole group of people and Bill Johnson and the whole crowd with Bethel and those type people would say, yes, you should be raising the dead. They'll do this grave-soaking stuff and try to raise the dead. God has not given us that authority. What He has given us authority to do is proclaim His Word so that dead people can be raised to life spiritually. Jesus said, not only would his followers do the same works, but they would do greater works than he would do. Again, this is not about greater in power. This is about greater in range. You see, Jesus' circle of where he ministered was where? Judea? He was in Galilee? And what he's telling us is there's going to be some greater things happening. You're going to go to the ends of the earth. You're going to, your range is way further than mine. 
we do not see any of the apostles raising people from the dead that were, that were dead four days. Jesus did, though. But I thought he said greater works. And so I don't want us to get it twisted. I want us to know we have authority under Jesus to proclaim his word and bring spiritual life to someone who is spiritually dead. But we don't do that work. It is Jesus Christ that raises them. We do not exceed him in power, but we do exceed in range where we go. So, where are we at? We're in the northern hemisphere, right? We're in southern Michigan, right? We went a little further in Jesus. Some of you have been on the mission field and have proclaimed the gospel in different places. What does this mean for us today? This passage that we read about a leper and a centurion, Peter's mother-in-law, what does it mean for us today? So we live in a society that is racked with problems fractured to the core. A political system that seems to be run by lobbyists. A society that solves its problems by killing its unborn. And people that say, I don't feel like I'm a man, so I must be a woman. And they mutilate their bodies. You see, we have a lot of issues going on in our societies today that we need healing from, that we're afflicted by. Take a woman who has sinned and had sex out of wedlock and doesn't see how she can survive if she brings her child into this crazy world where she lacks resources. What does she do? She needs healing. She comes to Jesus. She bows her knee to the one that holds life and death and has authority. She surrenders her life to Jesus. She starts to live for Him. She doesn't pass her love out to just anybody and everybody. She looks for a godly man who will love her, who will cherish her, that she can submit to. She can receive healing if she does it God's way. What about somebody with gender dysphoria? What is the solution? The same as the leper, the same as the centurion, Bending our knee in worship to God who created us male and female. And maybe you don't feel that, but you cry out in your grief. You cry out in your pain knowing that no amount of drugs can take away maybe those feelings that you have and no mutilation of your body can solve the problem that's in your soul. 
you humbly come to Christ saying, you made me. Would you heal me? Will you heal me? There's no amount of conversion therapy needed for someone who's dealing with same-sex attraction. You come the same way as the leper. You come the same way as the centurion. You bend your knee to Jesus in your pain, in your anguish, and ask for a healing. You must be born again, the Scripture says. You will become a new creature. Does that mean, does that mean your pain is gone all of a sudden and you're living on a bed of roses? No. But the one who has authority is walking with you. What are you dealing with in your life? Do you have faith like the leper, like the centurion? Is your faith in God Almighty, in Jesus Christ? Will you bow the knee to Him today and make Him Lord of your life today? I invite you today to make Jesus Lord of your life. And you may say, I've done that. Does your life match what Jesus commands? Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He can heal you. You see, He came over 2,000 years ago to die on a cross. Pay for the sins that I committed, that you committed so that you do not have to spend eternity where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, if you don't accept His payment and have faith in what He did, you will make that a payment. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. What are you dealing with today that you need healing from? What are you dealing with today that you need the authority of Jesus Christ to invade your life? You may not have leprosy. You may not be paralyzed, but you need Jesus. You may be dealing with a lot of things in your life. Are you coming to Jesus? I was thinking through the, the sins that we have as members of Restore Church. Maybe you're dealing with pornography. Jesus can heal that. Maybe you're dealing with lust as you walk down the street or in your workplace. Jesus can heal that. Maybe you're dealing with unbelief that Jesus can provide you a spouse. Jesus can heal that. Maybe you're dealing with you're going to cheat on your taxes tomorrow. Jesus can heal that. I gotta do mine yet. <laughs> we'll see what happens. What are you needing a healing from Jesus for? Worship team, if you'd come, you may not be dealing with gender dysphoria. You may not be dealing with wanting to have an abortion. Our society deals with those things every day. And are you bringing worldly solutions to the problems? Or are you bringing the real solution, and that's the gospel of Jesus that changes everything. 
as we sing these last songs, as we close with an offering, and Pastor Mike's going to give a benediction, think about it. Where do you need healing?